Hello and welcome to the So It Goes podcast with me, Dylan. Me, Ralph. And in today's episode, we're speaking to Julia from the band Postcards. Yeah, this um, band is a, uh, it's really good because they manage to, she manages to link things that are very personal to her towards the music and she describes events that have sort of shaped her as both a musician and as a person. Yeah, like hailing from the Lebanon as well, where the band mm. are based. Like there's certain aspects, like, for example, the terrible explosion that happened last year and things like that, which have really shaped the band and the new music they're mm. making. So it's a really deep conversation, but yeah. which was certainly needed. Yeah, definitely. And it's always interesting to sort of talk to someone who's come into music from like a different angle so it was a really great conversation and it's well worth your time checking out the band isn't it roberto yeah oh yeah i definitely agree cool so without further ado let's welcome julia from postcards to so it goes So uh, the first thing what we've been talking about to everyone in this crazy, crazy time is in the world where there's a global pandemic. What's it been like for you guys in the band and how have you been able to function, so to speak? Uh, I mean, there's definitely that level that everyone's experiencing, which is kind of the world stopping and no more concerts and getting used to doing streams and not playing in front of people and all that. I mean, the upside of that is that we had the time starting last lockdown last year to start writing in our third album, which is coming out this year. So I guess it's it's kind of an advantage for us that we live close to each other and we, we were able to get together and write. But also, I mean, in Lebanon, it's, the pandemic is just like another drop in the... Um, absolute like i don't know downward spiral of the country and we have an economic crisis the currency is like the currency's value keeps dropping um there's the i I don't know if you heard i mean there was a huge explosion uh last august and yeah so just like just one thing on top of the other and the pandemic is just one of those things so where it just keeps getting worse (laughs) yeah but i suppose as well like like it showing that you have to adapt and diversify to like the changing climates. So do you think it's important like for your music then and for the band to be constantly adapting and changing to fit whatever circumstances you're forced in? Yeah, exactly. Otherwise we wouldn't have been able to do anything in the last year and a half. So, I mean, we started just adapting in in writing like writing from home first and kind of sending stuff to each other and then managing to get to the studio and a bunch and a bunch of things and then keep it alive even though you can't do anything and you can't tour and yeah it's definitely i mean Mm. yeah if you just put all the mental health stuff it's pretty challenging on its own to keep uh, (laughs) making music i guess so how would you say that like how as a an artist how would you say the songwriting process has um, been affected by 
uh, the pandemic, have you found that it's just gave you a chance to really focus on your work and write a load of new stuff? Or is it made it harder to sort of find inspiration or to record things? Um, yeah, no, as I said, I mean, the case with us was really, it pushed us to, it kind of, in the beginning, because everything else was shut down, it gave us the, the like, the focus uh, that we needed to kind of start writing again. Um, and in terms of, I mean, the lyrics and the words themselves, I feel like the pandemic allowed allowed me to have this like distance from everyday life and from things. So the the things that I felt like writing about it were much more, I don't know, which were were more were not better or anything, but just like different than what it would have been like to write a third album if life had been normal. You know, like it gives you a different view on things and. And puts things into perspective and it made me look a lot of, on like memory and history and kind of the i don't know it's it definitely gave us a different uh, point of view and musically we were because we had so much time and there were no deadlines and there was nothing else to do so we just experimented a lot and we ended up right like we wrote around like 40 songs that we ended up just keep we kept throwing them out and then narrowing it down to the final line so yeah definitely gave us the focus to say that that's when, like everyone should have been doing. I know. Oh, uh, she's gone. I feel like it might have dropped, you know, the line. I feel like it might have. Well, so, ladies and gentlemen, silence. Oh, you're back. <laughs> I just realized, like, I kept on talking, and then I, like, your faces stopped moving. Sorry, I don't know where it cut, but... Um... Uh, no, it's all right. If you're back now, that's okay. We can just edit this bit out. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I mean, it'll be so, so smooth. Okay, amazing. But I think we got the gist of what you were saying there. Yes. So you also mentioned, like, you were doing streaming concerts as well. Like, how do do you adapt to performing in what is essentially a rather empty room almost? Um, I mean, it's it's really weird without people, honestly. You just, re- it, it feels, it's more stressful in a way. I don't know, you feel like, because I, I feel like for live concerts, really, it's it's about, it's about that kind of abstract connection that you have with the audience. I don't know, like, you don't, you don't realize it's there until it's not, until it's gone, so... Yeah, it was definitely challenging, especially like talking to the camera and, and doing all this stuff. And it feels like it feels a bit forced, but um, you get used to it. I just hope it's not going to it's not going to be this way for a lot more because it's uh, it's starting to get on our nerves. Honestly, like, <laughs> I can't do enough <laughs> in concert. That's, we haven't done that many, but I mean, it's not it's not a fun thing to do. It, it, it basically sucks the fun out of it. You're just like and it's not even a rehearsal where you can stop and like chat and whatever and have a drink or whatever. it's kind of like the serious thing with no audience yeah mm. oh sorry i was going to say like because i've seen a few sort of examples of where they've done this sort of thing where they've played with the band mm. and they've done it like a set list and the one thing that i find is that you lose that it's kind of almost like the part halfway between being in the recording studio and being live. So you can, you sometimes lose sort of the benefits of live music, like that improv side, because you can't, 
go too wild because you've got to try and keep it regimented. Exactly. So, like, then if I could take you to this amazing future where maybe we can all go back to normal and everything can be like what it was before, what will that first concert be like when you walk back on the... Um, the crowds will be cheering and be like, yeah, those cards, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't even feel like playing to a room full of like masked people like standing. You know what I mean? Like it's still gonna be weird mm. if it's gonna be like half capacity or like a small number of people with masks. You could, I mean, part of the the intimacy of concerts is like people being crammed and like the sweat and the tears and all that. I don't know. <laughs> it's not that hardcore usually, but yeah, I mean, I definitely miss that. I guess intimacy is the word of, of concerts. Mm. No matter how big or how small, it's just that feeling that we're all like crammed and living this like intense emotional musical moment together. That's hopefully that, that'll be it when uh, when things reopen. Also, as well to doing all of live stream performances, you've recorded an album, yeah. which is coming out later this year. Yeah. So what was that like, the whole recording and the creating of it um it was um it was really intense i mean it was really different from usually because usually we when we start writing songs we get to test them out a lot live and then we change them, rethink them and change you know different things and um this time it was we didn't have that ch- chance at all so it was mostly just it was the first time writing songs in studio and then recording them and that was it you know not testing them out which um which in a sense allowed us to I don't know, to, to explore different things and different aspects of it. And uh, it's been really fun, honestly. And we got to do, we didn't used to do like proper demos before because the demos were technically all the live versions that we tested out. So we did demos and then we did proper recording. So it was, uh, it was a much more intense process, I'd say, yeah. Um, what would you say sort of inspires you to like write music? Is it particular artist or is it sort of where you live or that's your, your upbringing? Um, it's everything, I guess. I mean, music was always a part of, of our lives, of my life, and uh, whatever is happening. Sometimes it's it's other music, sometimes it's, it's art, sometimes it's a lot, but mostly it's, I mean, it's very, the music we write is very personal. So, of course, like the lyrics are inspired from things that are happening and, and thoughts I have on, on life. And so, of course, my the, the environment affects that. But a lot of the choices come from being inspired by you know other people other music other works of art so it's a combination of everything for sure hmm. i n- noticed as well one of your songs on the n- new album is inspired by a specific poem by philip yeah. larkin <laughs> yeah um, i mean i've listened to the bit on facebook and it sounds really amazing but what drew you to that poem yeah, um, that's a it's a very specific story. So, um, like I said, there was the the huge explosion uh, in the Beirut port, and my boyfriend and I our our house is pretty close, and so when the explosion happened, the, the house got almost like it was very badly damaged, and my boyfriend got injured. I'm so sorry. And uh, I guess yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, get used to it. And then so the like within a week of that happening, my cousin sends me this this. This poem by Falcon, I just read it and it made so much sense. Like home is so sad, it says that it was left and the whole thing. And it, it really touched something in me. So when it came to to continue writing after the explosion, one of the first things that came out, like I wanted to, this sentence was stuck in my head. And so, yeah, the poem definitely inspired it in the sense like it's a, because I had just lost literally like 
my I thought I had lost my home. It turned out we're back in it now. It's fine, like it's fixed and everything. But I thought mm. I lost my home, and I thought I lost my my partner, who is like my like my other home, I guess. So the word home took on a completely different meaning, and so that poem I kind of wanted to to adapt that poem to my own situation, and that's how the song came out. Um, yeah, I think like as well that one it really sort of shocked me that when the explosion went off in Beirut because of the scale of it. So like one thing that I'd spotted on Facebook is someone had basically put the area and then they'd put them in other cities and it'd go, this would show sort of the scale of it. And it's shocking that it happened. But also in like regards to the poem, the thing that I find with like poems and sort of stories and things that you can have some that aren't necessarily taught in classes that just are so much more relatable than like classic pieces of work. And the fact that you've managed to build, you've managed to build a piece of music around a poem that's not, it shows that it can be very relatable and it shows sort of like the power of both words and also like music. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't believe in that classics thing. I'm not like, I don't, I studied literature. And, like I, I hate that the fact that there's like classics and like everything else. So I'm, I'm with you completely. Especially that I consider most lyrics to be poetry. Like it doesn't even, it's not even a question. Yeah. Well, the whole thing about the classics, like this is me going into a bit of a rant now. So I must, um, I apologize in advance. But like the whole thing with Shakespeare, when they were, they'd go on about Romeo and Juliet going, oh, how do you know what's happening? I'm going, well, Romeo's fighting some with someone. So the lines that he's going to say to the person he's fighting with are going to be something similar to, I'm going to kick your head in like read the room whereas if it's like a well-crafted piece of work that goes like more of the modern stories will go like i don't know like 1984 describes like not just what's happening but the character's thoughts on the situation and the society i find that there's some other books that aren't as revealed i know 1984 is like a modern classic now but there can be other pieces of work that yeah. the writer's thought more about the character's motives than they have necessarily the words that have been put into them or things like that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I guess there are a lot of things that you don't, like we don't take into consideration when we're looking at classics just because they're kind of, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a given that it's something happening. But th that said, I do, I do think Shakespeare is kind of a genius, but that's fine. I mean, <laughs> I think Shakespeare is kind of a genius I don't genius think he's overrated well. at all, but like, I think people misunderstand where the genius is. Maybe, maybe that's it. I mean, if you could see then, I'm not too sure, but I was trying to make Robert stop slugging <laughs> off Shakespeare through my eyes. No, like, I was literally staring into the screen. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on I that. I mean, he didn't pick up on it. Apologising. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but uh, so just to get back to the album, like it seems like it's been a very much like a healing or very cathartic in a sense. So do you think this, like the album and the creation of itself, does it like mean maybe a bit more to you or maybe you hold that a, a little more dearly than maybe some of your other releases? Um, 
Yeah, there's definitely that, that aspect. I always feel like the albums are, are very personal, but I guess this one is so trauma-infused that, that maybe it, it hits a bit harder than the others. Um, but yeah, for sure. But I also feel like maybe I'll get to some point where like I don't want to remember and talk about this, and I'm going to be forced to sing these songs and constantly remember. But uh, mm. yeah, no, it's, part, it's all part of the process. I wouldn't want to like not write about the reality of things or, or ignore that, that aspect, because that like I, that wouldn't be we wouldn't be true to ourselves if we did that because i'm not a hundred percent sure how much longer we're going to have the line for now because it does seem to be cutting in and out so i'll try and finish this up now with just a few questions to uh, wrap it up so like the first one, what we've been asking everyone who we've been speaking to on the show is, if you could listen to one album for the rest of your life, uh, what would that album be? Uh, these questions are insane. Like, I can't. Um, oh, okay, yeah, I need to... This is really hard. Do you have an answer to that question? I don't know. Does anyone have, like, one album? Is that a thing? I have an answer to that question. What is your... I think that's because I've been asking it so many times <laughs> now. I've had to come about. up with one. It's 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 great because like we'll listen to sort of people like and we'll interview them and they'll all be like some of them will be like lay back in the chair going, oh this is easy. I've had people ask me going, what's inspired me to do this work? It gets to this one, the bolt upright thinking like, God, how do you? It catches almost everyone off. Uh, I'm actually looking through my albums right now. <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out. Um, I'm just going to say, I just thought about it off the top of my head. I'm going to say Grouper just for the sake of it. Um, dragging a deer up the hill. Do you guys know Grouper? Hmm. I've not heard of them, but I will be checking it out after this she's, is over. Uh, she's amazing. She's um, She does her, it's more like droney slash Indian uh, music but with her vocals and it's beautiful and dreamy and I guess I, I chose it because first of all it's timeless but and it's beautifully written and done but also it kind of it's not one of those things where you hear them and you're like oh fuck I, I'm not in the mood for this I'm always in the mood for Rupert so also one of my she's also one of my favorite um, artists of all time so yeah that sounds great I, I will be checking that out after this is over <laughs> then because sounds amazing so also like another thing we've been asking everyone who's been on the show so far is like dream collaborations. Is there any specific artists or any creatives who you'd want to collaborate with on a project? Mm, that's tricky. Oh, I don't know. There's so many. I mean, for the longest time, I kind of, <laughs> I'm, I really really wanted to be Sofiane Stevens' um, backup singer. The girl. Really? <laughs> I just wanted to be the girl who sings with him. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's for sure is a dream collaboration. But I feel like the stuff he does with other people kind of is not as good as what he does on his own. Um, I don't know, I guess. So you preferred to just be near him then? You yes. want to collaborate with him? <laughs> just want to be near him? <laughs> um, I don't know. Also, there's so many people. I don't Honestly, anyone... You can have more than one if you want. Yeah. Oh, I'm, 
I'm, I'm, I've been listening to a lot of Perfume Genius recently, right now. So that's like off of my head, mm -hmm. I really feel like. And I also, um, maybe broadcast, but Trisha's, yeah, she's, um, the, the singer is unfortunately like passed away a few years ago, but broadcast is definitely one of the, the coolest, like most obscure bands. And I, she's not, not that obscure, but they're pretty, they're pretty like under the radar and a uh, bit of a culty band. And I feel like, I don't know. I'd like to to try something like that with them, but it doesn't work anymore. So, like, just before we go, like, what is next for the band? What um, is next for you as an artist? No real, no real, like, no plans in person right now. There's, we're just we're still shooting mm. a few like stream concerts, short concerts, and uh, so the album should be out in September, October, and then we're just gonna plan it and maybe release a few a few other singles and hopefully travel end of the year and be able to play some concerts abroad but we'll see depends on the vaccine mm. and uh, the world i guess <laughs> it's very much up in the air at the minute but yeah fingers crossed yeah, me fingers exactly. very <laughs> crossed for you so i think with that i think all is left to say is thank you very much yeah thank for you coming to talk to us thank you yeah. very much for thank Coming on. Thanks for asking me really difficult questions, making me choose. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Once again, thank you to Julia from Postcards for coming on the podcast. I apologize about the sound and connection issues, but when you're podcasting from around the world, it is just one of those things we have to deal with. As with all of our artists, their socials will be found in the bio below. Remember to subscribe to never miss an episode. To play us out, we have postcards with Home is So Sad. <laughs>